Dr. Olapeju Simoyan is an academic physician with board certifications in family medicine and addiction medicine. She also trained in public health. She's a professor of psychiatry at the Drexel University College of Medicine, and she was a founding faculty member of the Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine in Scranton. It is that commitment to community health that brought Dr. Samoyan to the Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine in Scranton, as we suggest. It's a city where she felt a real sense of belonging and where her dedication to health in the broadest sense and her love of the arts met. After all, strong observational skills are essential for medical practitioners and artists alike. Dr. Samoyan became the editor of the school's arts and literary magazine, Black Diamonds, and her affection for the city led her to celebrate Scranton's history and people through its distinctive architecture. In her explorations, her keen eye revealed structures that have much to say, catching, as she did, the trip house at a fresh angle, opening our eyes to the charms of the historic structure, but also to the way it sits on its site as if it has always been there, the quintessential home, representing the welcoming attitude she feels Scranton extends to people who come to visit or to make their home. For the second edition of her book, Dr. Samoyan has chosen a photo of the statue of John Mitchell for the front cover. Mitchell was the union organizer who brought people of many nationalities and backgrounds together to form a community for the betterment of all. And if that statue on Courthouse Square symbolizes, in a sense, diversity and inclusion, the photo of the trip house on the back cover celebrates a sense of belonging and home. There is another revealing detail that may have been a conscious choice or a lovely happenstance. As Dr. Samoyan was assembling her collection, the photographs featured almost exactly halfway through the book are those of Scranton's hospitals and health centers. It is as if we find the notion of health and healing at the very heart of the book. And how fitting for a doctor who values a community that is healthy, caring, diverse, and welcoming. Dr. Samoyan will take part in the Lackawanna Historical Society's Holiday Emporium at the Catlin House in Scranton this Saturday. And we had a chance to speak with her by phone about her book, Scranton, A Place to Call Home, now in its second edition. We began with her original home, or homes. As you know, I grew up in a diplomatic family, so we traveled a lot, and my parents were very big on taking pictures to capture the memories. And even after my dad left the foreign service when we were now living in Nigeria, we still had a lot of picture-taking. You know, we would have friends and family come and spend part of the holidays with us, and my mom would make a point of it, you know, that before either the cousin or the friend went back, we should call the professional photographer to the house to take pictures to commemorate their their visit and that kind of thing. But I actually didn't own my own camera till I was over 30, believe it or not. At one point, my sister and I uh, bought a camera for my brother. I guess it was probably a birthday present or something or that. Yeah. So I still didn't own my own camera, but we bought a camera and gave it to my brother. And then the camera 
I had it at my friend's wedding, and um, believe it or not, it actually got stolen at a wedding. And I couldn't tell my little brother that my gift to him, which I had borrowed, <laughs> stolen. So I ended up waiting until I had enough money to buy the exact same type of camera again, so I could give it to him and pretend nothing happened. And it was only not, it was not that long ago that I finally told him the truth. What did he say? When I finally told him, I think he probably just laughed. I mean, it, was, it had been so long that, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure there was really much to say anymore. <laughs> but I didn't own my own camera, actually, until I, until I was over 30, yeah. And then um, I just really enjoyed taking pictures, and people would laugh at me and call me camera happy or whatever, you know. But it was like they, they were always happy to see the pictures, you know, and that was before digital photography. They would be happy to take, you know, copies when I would print copies and make extra copies to share and things like that. And then finally, um, in 2012, I got this really nice camera, which I didn't purchase, by the way, but I, I had done some training in child abuse prevention. And as part of the training, one of the things that we got at the end of the training was this very nice camera. So the point of that was we were supposed to be able to use it in clinical settings if we were evaluating kids who had been suspected victims of child abuse. And because I was teaching about child abuse at the time, but I wasn't doing clinical work with children, so I didn't need to use it in a clinical setting, but I had the camera. So I started taking, you know, pictures or I continued taking pictures. And I got to go to France that summer as part of the Europop Health Program, I was an Erasmus Mundus Scholar in that program, which is kind of like the European version of the Fulbright Program. And then I got some really, really nice pictures. It just so happened that the program wasn't in Paris, but when I was coming back to the States, I got to spend a night in Paris, and it happened to be the 14th of July, and that's their Bastille Day. So I got to take these really cool pictures of the Eiffel Tower, and it was at night, it was all lit up, you know, and I still don't know much about nighttime photography, but somehow I managed to get really, really nice pictures of the Eiffel Tower. And so I just continued taking pictures and um, eventually started making gift items with my photography and then the books. What brought you to Scranton? So I was finishing my residency and um, I knew I wanted to go into academic medicine. And so I think sometime in my last year, I was talking to one of the faculty members in family medicine at Hershey. And at one point he just mentioned, you know, uh, why don't you get in touch with this new medical school in Scranton? At that time, I had never been to Scranton. I'm not even sure I knew that there was a new medical school at the time before that conversation. But he suggested that I get in touch with the people at the new medical school. And I did that. And somebody put me in touch with Dr. Janet Johnson, who was the founding chair of family medicine at the time. And I got in touch with her and she was so excited. And she really, really wanted to have me, I guess. (laughs) And then she recruited me. I guess she was interested in the fact that I had not only done family medicine, but I had a background in public health. Um, I had a master of public health degree from Johns Hopkins. I had trained as a dentist prior to medical school. So these areas of medicine and healthcare that are sometimes neglected were areas of interest for me. Yeah, so I got recruited and I went to Scranton and became part of the founding faculty. And that's how I ended up in Scranton. And I stayed in the Scranton area for actually about 10 years, and that's actually the longest my whole life I've ever lived in one place continuously. <laughs> I only left uh, about two years ago. I guess it's like three and a half now. As the pandemic was starting, I moved to Reading. But yes, Franklin still has a special place in my heart because I stayed there for so long. What prompted you to start taking a series of architectural photos? 
I think most of the architectural photos were probably taken after I had decided to publish the book. All right. So I was taking pictures in general anyway, pictures of nature. When I would travel, I would take pictures. If I went to the zoo, for example, I, I really love wildlife as well. Um, but at some point, I started thinking about, I mean, I had always wanted to write a book, even as a little child, you know, and I kept having that desire to write. But I knew that uh, I was just so busy with work and everything. And I knew that writing like a full, full-fledged textbook or autobiography or that kind of thing was going to take more time than I had. And at some point, it was like, I wanted to share my photography as well. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice just to have a book a combination of my photography and my writing, and that way I wouldn't have to write too much, and I wouldn't have to wait till I could take like a whole sabbatical and focus on <laughs> a very serious book. You know what I mean? So I initially was thinking that because I had traveled so much, wouldn't it be nice to have a book that has pictures I've taken from different places I've visited around the world? So that was my first idea. But I, I didn't really have any reason to, like there was no deadline or anything. Uh, there was no reason to get it done by a certain date. You know, and at some point I started thinking, well, maybe I should uh, focus on my local community. You know, that might be a starting point. And then one day I was at the mall, the, what was formerly the Town Mall, now the marketplace. And I, I saw a sign, this was in 2015 now, I saw a sign that said something about how the following year, 2016, would be the centennial, 150th anniversary of the city of Scranton. And right there and then, it was like, well, wow, that will give me a deadline. Why don't I work towards having the book published for April 2016 to commemorate the 150th anniversary of Scranton? And so that's how that first edition of the book came about. I I guess I needed that deadline, (laughs) and and it worked. (laughs) We understand that you value very much a sense of community, whether it's in your approach to health and the work you do in medicine, that the community Mm -hmm. base is so important, or in a case like this, spending 10 years in this community and celebrating it in that way. Oh, yeah, community is very important, you know, and I I feel like I, I had, before I even really understood public health, I just kind of had this desire to be out in the community making an impact, making a difference. So like you said, whether it's healthcare or whether it's interacting with you know my community in other ways, I think it really is very important. Then how did you approach the idea of, okay, I have these, these photos and I'm going to amplify them so we get a rounded picture of the city of Scranton? Did you go back to certain sites until you got a good set of, say, the courthouse? How did you do that kind of selecting? I think I am just kind of fortunate that I just have, people keep asking, they ask me different things like, oh, have you always known you wanted to be a photographer? But I just take pictures, you know, and some turn out really nice and some are just okay and some not so much. I don't recall having to like go back and redo pictures for this. There were times when I went specifically maybe to take a picture because I wanted to include it, but I don't recall having to do several takes of the same building or the same site or that sort of thing. What about the supporting text so that we know what the building is, for example? So for that, I had to do a little bit of research. So there are already some books that have been written about Scranton. There are some websites that have information. So I just got information from different sources. But I didn't want the books to be too text-heavy. For example, right now I have so many books, several books in my home that I haven't read, not because I don't want to, but I just don't have the time. So I really wanted, I wanted the books to be easy reads. Well, this book in particular to be an easy read. 
So obviously the pictures will hopefully attract people to the book, but then also I wanted just enough information for people to know about the building or the structure or wherever the place was that was being featured like even the hospitals, a little bit of history, a little bit about the medical school, so you know enough about it. But if you want to learn more, you can go to their website. So that was the idea. I wanted to give people enough information to make it worth the read, but also make it very easy to read in a short amount of time. Now, we're talking because you are now in the second edition. How did that come about? (laughs) Thank you. Good question. So the first edition was published in 2016, and we're now in 2023, and a lot has happened. And so sometime last year in 2022, I um, actually left my full-time job. And for a while, I was focusing on other things like writing. I I did start working again this year, but on a very part-time basis. So I've been spending a lot of time pursuing my non-medical interests, you know, pursuing publishing and writing. And so as I was working on other books with the same concept, combining my photography and my writing, I started to think about second editions of my first two books. So the first one was the Scranton one, then there was one on butterflies, and I started thinking about publishing second editions of both books. I wasn't really sure of what to do with the Scranton book. I was like, well, because it was specifically for the 150th anniversary, so should I just keep everything the same because that's what was going on at the time? You know, I wasn't really sure of what to do. And I, I had friends give me exact opposite advice. <laughs> One said, oh, just keep it the way it is because it's history and that's what was going on in Clinton at that time. And then somebody else was like, well, if I picked up a book and the book was still referring to Joe Biden as vice president, I would assume it was an old book and I wouldn't buy it. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, yeah, she really does have a point. And she is somebody who actually lives in the Clinton area. So I decided to, to update the information. And then obviously that meant that the the subtitle, the subtitle of the first edition was The Electric City at 150, so that had to change. So the, the subtitle of this edition is The Electric City at a Glance, which I thought worked fine. And then it wasn't just the fact that President Biden is no longer vice president. He's the current president. There are some streets that have been named after him in Scranton. Other changes include, like, the medical school that became part of Geisinger in 2017. So that's after the first book was published. So obviously there was a name change there that had to be updated, you know. So it was just an opportunity to update the information, and I thought it made sense. So that's what I ended up doing. You said that your friends also gave you advice about the front cover. Yes. So it was the same friend, the same friend that advised me to update the information. She advised me to change the front cover. And I really, really liked the picture on the first edition, the trip house. And I wasn't sure I wanted to change it, you know. So so I still have the trip house on the back, on the back cover. But she felt that it needed a more vibrant feel. And so I used the picture of the statue of John Mitchell in front of the courthouse, you know, or in the courthouse square. And, and I think it really does give it that vibrancy, you know, you know, that electric city feel. <laughs> I don't know if everybody else would agree with me. But yeah, but I think it all works out. And I still got to keep the trip house on the back anyway, so it's still there. <laughs> We have a chance then to meet you and see the new edition. Tell us about what's in store. Yes. So the Lackawanna Historical Society is having an event on the 9th of December, which is coming up really soon, at the Gatlin House, 11 to 2. And there'll be an opportunity to meet with authors and artists, you know, and buy books. 
my artwork and get a copy of a signed book if you want that. So I plan on being there. And I also have other books too, but the focus of this one will be the Scranton book, but I do have some of my other books, the one on butterflies and one on giraffes and a devotional book. So I plan to bring copies of all of them. I think books do make great gifts. What are you working on right now? Do you have a new project? Oh, yes. So aside from the ones I mentioned, I'm actually working on a women in medicine book, which hopefully will be published next year. I still have quite a bit of work to do. But while I was in Scranton as well, I had a small exhibit of women in medicine. And at some point, somebody had suggested, and then I thought of it. So I'm not sure which came first, of putting the information into a book, you know, a book about women in medicine. Um, That was several years ago. And then I decided to start working on it in the last year or so. And at some point, I just wanted to have brief profiles of different women, like, you know, women I'd worked with, women, um, even if I hadn't worked with them, who exemplified the various things you could do while still being a female physician, like some of the leaders in narrative medicine, for example, like Dr. Rita Sharon and Dr. Danielle Osley, women who were involved in music, music and medicine, like the chair of the American Medical Women Association's Music and Medicine Committee. Her name is Dr. Mary Roro. So so I started working on it, and then I thought that, you know what, instead of just listing women, having their pictures and listing their accomplishments, why not talk about my own interactions with them for the ones that I have interacted with, you know, and in some cases talk about pieces of advice that they had given me or just have pieces of advice that they would give generally. And I thought it would be nice to just show how, you know, one thing sometimes leads to another. So, for example, Dr. Sharon, who is basically the pioneer of narrative medicine at Columbia University, when I reached out to her a couple of years ago after I moved to Reading, she encouraged me to enroll in her. So she has, they have a master's degree program in narrative medicine, but they also have a certificate program. And so she encouraged me to enroll in that. And I wasn't really, it wasn't something that I had the ability to enroll in at the time. But that conversation led me to look for other opportunities that would involve less of a time commitment. And that's how come I ended up finding out about the Harvard Media and Medicine program. And so I, certificate program, so I enrolled in that, you know, and it was much less time intensive, but it was a really good program, met a lot of really nice people. And I met Dr. Suzanne Coven, who was the co-director through the program, and told her about my idea to write this Women in Medicine book. And she encouraged me. She encouraged me to make a documentary anyway, which I don't think I am planning to do anyway. So it's just like sometimes, you know, a simple conversation, you never really know where it's going to end up. You know? So I wanted to speak to the importance of networking, you know, and just having professional connections because you never know where where one relationship would lead to or one simple conversation, you never really know what's going to become of that. But it might end up giving you new ideas, introducing you to new people, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So I think that the, the book is not just about women in medicine, but it, it's hopefully going to show the power of connection, the power of networking. And I'm also featuring women who I met online who are in various professional, like physician groups online, doing a lot of amazing things. Like coaching, for example, encouraging people to think outside the box and have a healthy attitude towards money, towards money and towards self-care. There are a lot of things that they don't really teach us in medical school, but they're really important. So I hope to feature some of my colleagues who are doing these great things. And I'm hoping that young girls here in this country and around the world will pick up the book and read it and be inspired. And they'll be inspired to know that, yes, indeed, girls can be doctors, but they can also be much more. <laughs> much more like Dr. Samoyan.
Dr. Olapeju Samoyan, an academic physician with board certifications in family medicine and addiction medicine, a professor of psychiatry at the Drexel University College of Medicine, and she was a founding faculty member of the Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine. She has a passion for incorporating the arts and humanities into healthcare. Dr. Samoyan will take part in the Lackawanna Historical Society's Holiday Emporium at the Catlin House in Scranton, and it's this Saturday. And she will be featuring her book, Scranton, A Place to Call Home, now in its second edition. The subtitle for the second edition is The Electric City at a Glance, updated from the original printing, which was commemorating the 150th anniversary of the city of Scranton. It's the local History Holiday Emporium, presented by the Lackawanna County Historical Society at the Catlin House, 232 Monroe Avenue in Scranton. There will be more than 16 authors and crafters on site, There will be seasonal refreshments, and Dr. Philip Mosley will present a lecture on his latest book, Telling of the Anthracite, and that's an intriguing book. He looks at the history of the Anthracite region and the way we have come to know ourselves through the arts, film, literature, and more. The hours are 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and it's this Saturday, December 9th, and Dr. Mosley will speak at 1 For more information on Dr. Samoyan, her website is thedoctorwriter.com, thedoctorwriter.com.